Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. Keystone Elder Law is a law firm focusing exclusively on estate planning, long term care planning, and post death estate administration. We serve clients all over central Pennsylvania with a mission of shielding the middle class from the costs and challenges of getting older. Now, whether you listen to this show for ideas that will help you support a parent or whether you listen to this show for ideas that are relevant to your own life, this has the potential to be the most impactful show to date. Each episode of the Later in Life Planning Show touches on specific issues. Uh, so I've talked to people who are experts in cardiology and and the, you know what happens to your vascular system if you are not exercising, if you're not following a particular diet. I've talked to people who are experts on cognitive health. Uh, of course, you've heard me talk about some legal issues. This episode is going to address one issue that has long-lasting effects on so many dimensions of life, health, emotions, finances, the well-being of the family. And it's probably at a good time, too, because at the end of a year and the beginning of a new one, there's always this uptick in people making resolutions. What's a resolution? Well, it's a promise that a person makes for to themselves, uh, a promise to make improvements, to do things differently. And obviously, at, at Keystone Elder Law, we hope you make a resolution to stop putting off your estate planning. But that's not the point of today's show. You know, we offer all kinds of free education to make that easy, but I want to focus on something else because I want to make that change, that improvement, easy for you. People think about goals at this time of year that are related to their health and with good reason. If you've heard those previous episodes of the show, you know this goes to your independence and your dignity. The the cardiovascular doctor talking about losing a limb, the cognitive doctor talking about uh, dementia and, and losing the ability to have memory, you know, and one thing that they all kept coming back to was the the greatest medicine of them all exercise and the latest the later in life planning show is is meant to provide resources uh that that can help you to be as bulletproof as possible against the effects of aging that's what i want to accomplish here so today we're going to focus on physical fitness exercise in the later years of life because you know regardless of your age listening to this this is a relevant topic. It can dramatically change the future for yourself and your family. My guest is a personal fitness professional, Jesse Swoyer. He has a website. It's jessieswoyer.com. That's J-E-S-S-E, Swoyer, S-W-O-Y-E-R.com. And Jesse's range of experience is impressive, and all of this is relevant to listeners of the show. So, Jesse, thank you for joining me here on the Later in Life Planning Show. Thank you for having me. I'm very humbled and uh, thankful to be here and bring this information to your audience. I just think it's so helpful uh, when it's come up time and time again with subject matter experts saying, you know, I'm seeing someone who's already in the throes of having poor vascular function or poor cognitive health, and I wish they had been exercising and following a better diet earlier. 
it kept occurring to me, I've got to have you on this show. I've got to tell tell people like, well, what does that look like? What should they be doing? Um, and and I, I think people really need to hear about the settings in which you've worked in the past because it might dispel some of these preconceived notions that people have about, well, a personal trainer, he wants me to go get big and muscular like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. And that's that's not at all what I have in mind, and I'm sure it's not what you have in mind. But you've worked in some very particular settings where it might it might sink in for people like, okay, this guy's worth listening to. So tell me about some of your professional history. Also, some of my professional history is um, military history. I was, I was in the military, so I used to be in charge of their um, PT program when I was in the National Guard. And then during that time as well, I worked at a prep school in Maryland, and I was in charge of their personal training program to all their students. And their students ranged from uh, seventh grade to 12th grade. And then after that, I transitioned to the Center for Independent Living in Central PA, where I just happened to fall um, there for an employment position, not as a trainer, not as anybody doing any type of physical type of program. And my executive director, he had a spinal cord injury um, when he was young from a football injury, and he wanted to open up a fitness facility for particularly individuals with injuries and disabilities. So I just happened to be there. And before he went out and found somebody out in the public and the general public, I just went up to him and said I had some background in it. I had um, certifications from the American Council on Exercise and the American College on Sports Medicine. And he gave me a go at it and it just kind of took off from there. And we started working with individuals with injuries and disabilities, but it didn't just happen like overnight. In fact, I had to drive out to individuals' homes and pick them up and place individuals that I've never worked with before that had in, uh, disabilities um, because that just wasn't my uh, focus point at that point in time in my life and get them in my car and then I bring them to the successful fitness center and then I would just learn how to adapt and customize programs for someone that all of a sudden had an injury or a life-changing injury in their life. Yeah, and and it's it's kind of I guess a blessing in disguise that that an old injury from the executive director brought about such a dramatic change where you can really do wonders with working with people in in personal fitness and personal training to improve their function in their everyday life. So whatever their disability is, they can function better. Um, but I think that helps for people to understand that if I'm currently listening to the later in life planning show and I'm sitting in on the same couch I I sit in all the time. Okay, if the folks who have some sort of disability, whether they were born with it, whether it came about later through some sort of medical incident, uh, if they can do it, then so can you, and the the outcome can be just as dramatic. That's correct. Yeah, and so eventually you started you you left the center for independent li- independent living and you started your own business and and it was more of this like I've I've got to I can't just wait for people to come to me I've got to go out to them. Yeah, so when I was at the Center for Independent Living, there was um, so many people you could see throughout your entire day. And what I realized and recognized was there was an entire population that one couldn't get to me or I couldn't provide that service to at the center because we had set hours. So like if you were on transportation and had an injury and disability, I mean, transportation runs at certain periods of time and we would be open from eight to five. Transportation doesn't run after five o'clock. So what I did is I created a model where I just started 
in the evenings going out to individuals' homes when I was still working at the Center for Independent Living, and I'd go to individuals personally, just show up right at their homes, and I'd provide the service in, in their home where they didn't have to leave the home and they'd get the exercise. If it was a stretching table, they needed range of motion because they weren't getting the range of motion, I'd provide that range of motion to that individual. If it was strength training, we'd provide that strength training. If it was a cardio they needed, I'd provide that cardio. We'd figure out a way how to do it inside their home. If it was me purchasing the equipment or me recommending equipment for them to purchase, that's what I would recommend. Right. And then, of course, the, the game changer for so many businesses was COVID, but you found a way to still offer, uh, for example, the executives out there who wanted to, a way to stay active or something called silver sneaker classes, which are not just you. That's that's all over the place. I mean, wh- what do people need to know about that? Yeah. So um, during COVID, I had a really pivot. I was, had some contracts with Highmark. I had contracts with Divinity Health to provide silver sneaker classes. And all of a sudden, a lot of those contracts just stopped because they wouldn't allow mass gatherings of individuals. So I started just trying to um, think about who needed exercise. And then I started uh, promoting to the executives out there because I knew the executives um, still were working because business was still going on in America and, ac- and across the entire world. And so then I would just go into their homes and that opened up other doors for me because then eventually I had those executives real early in the morning and I still was focusing on my primary individuals, the seniors and those individuals with disabilities throughout the day. And then eventually Highmark came back in to run silver sneaker classes. Divinity Health came back on to do those silver sneaker classes. They allowed me to do virtual classes, which I still do virtual classes um, for silver sneakers and Divinity Health through my YouTube channel. And then I still do uh, Highmark classes that are silver sneaker based in a local uh, facility right here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So my there was a point to me asking you about this wonderful background, this impressive background, and it's for listeners, regardless of your background, we're going to get into the benefits of uh, specifically why you would think about putting more of an emphasis on fitness, how you can go about doing it. But just from what Jesse just said, you can tell it it almost doesn't matter what your setting is, what your needs are. There's a way to accommodate where you are and to get you where you need to be. So we'll talk about that when we come back from a break. In the meantime, uh, I say this every week, you know, if you're thinking about other aspects of growing older and you want to plan Uh, you want to think about some of the concepts, go to keystoneelderlaw.com and use the workshops tab to get registered for a free online workshop where I'll teach you all kinds of things that I see coming down the pike and things you can be doing in the meantime. More with Jesse Swoyer in a moment when we come back from a break. This is the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show. I'm Patrick Cauley. I am your host. And my guest today is Jesse Swoyer. His website is Jesse Swoyer, S W O Y E R.com. Jesse is a personal trainer. We're going to get into uh, why I think this is some of the best medicine out there for the things that that happen in the later years of life where it just solves so many problems in so many dimensions of life. But Jesse, maybe you can 
address this uh, because you work with people, whether they have disabilities, regardless of what their age is. I'm sure you work with executives who are, uh, you know, wouldn't consider themselves to be in the later years of life yet. But there are factors of aging, just as when I'm doing estate planning, I'm thinking what's happening way down the road, not just what's happening right now. What are some of the factors that come along with getting older that you have in mind when you're working with someone, regardless of what their age is? Yeah, there's about five factors that occur to all of us. So like one of the, the processes of my services is I always try to educate the individual that I'm providing that service to. So those five factors that do occur over a period of time, it, it could be to those audience members out there right now that are, like you said, that are in their 30s, they're in their 50s or in their 60s, they're, there's a son taking care of their their family. There could be in your 20s right now and you just happen to tune into this on, uh, on, on Apple or Spotify or any of those radio shows out there that this is going to affect you as well. Yep. And it's not only just those five factors, but then I'm going to talk about four other factors that accelerate these five factors that I'm going to go over. So those five factors that impact all of us are one, it's cumulative, two, it's uh, progressive, three, it's universal, four, it's intrinsic, and then five, it's hurtful. Now you're saying, what does that all mean? Well, cumulative, it's pretty simple, right? Cumulative just adds up. We're born on day one, it becomes day two, it becomes day eight. Next thing you know, it's year one, year two, year eight, year 21, year 35, year 65. Hopefully you get to 65 so you can hear this. It's 75, it's 85, hopefully you get there. It's not like Benjamin Buttons, we don't go backwards. Right. Although we'd like to go backwards, it's a cumulative process. So in the, in, in the context of money, people might understand, well, if I start saving now, the interest might not be much to write home about. But if I keep doing the same thing tw- 10 years from now, now I'm looking at some real money. 20 years from now, holy cow, the the interest rate has really turned it into even greater money. And I assume that the same is true with exercise. If I'm building muscle mass in my 30s or 40s or 50s, it's going to have, if I'm consistent about it, it's going to have dividends down the road, just like the money where I am so much better prepared for the later years of life. That's how I, I, I mean, when I'm in my basement, you know, and it's the sun has not come up and I'm lifting heavy weight, it's because I see clients at Keystone Elder Law who can't lift themselves up out of a chair and I don't ever want to have my dignity, my independence compromised. I want the compounding effect, not of, I mean, yes, I'll take that of the money if it's there, but I really want that for, you know, bulletproofing myself. Is this kind of what you're getting into there with cumulative? Yeah, so cumulative in terms of exercise, yeah, it's going to increase the quality of your life. It's going to increase the independence. But the process of the factors of life is it is going to be a cumulative process. Right. No, you, you can't, you can't get away from aging. Right. What we can do is we can try to slow it down. Exercise has a big part to slow it down because what happens if you get into that cumulative process, you're not exercising, then there's going to be progressive process as well. So we can go back to the age of one when we're, we're just born. There's a lot of things we can't do. We can't uh, really talk. We can't really see. We can't um, uh, walk. We crawl. And, you know, for the audience out there, we, we poop and pee ourselves. I know people don't like hearing that, but that happens. But as we progressively and cumulatively the age as well, um, we're able to now talk. We're able to communicate. We get bigger. We get stronger. Um, and we don't poop and pee ourselves anymore. We're really independent. However, as that cumulative process occurs with the aging and we get older, then progressive processes of things occur as well. We can't see as well. 
We can't hear as well. We can't move as well. We don't make good clarity decisions. And then we go back to losing our strength, losing our balance, pooping or peeing ourselves. It's really difficult for individuals to understand that that's going to happen to each of us. Everybody listening to the radio right now is going to happen. But then there's also a universal process. Everything around us ages. So your car, your home, your grandchildren, your pets, right? Uh, your microwave, your refrigerator, right? all of it ages. And we get to see that process as well in front of us. So you got that cumulative process, you got that progressive process, and then you got that universal process where everything's aging with us. But you can stop some of that. So with those, um, some of those universal things, when you see the bridges aging, what do they do? PennDOT goes out and they fix they fix those bridges. Right. Maintenance. Right? They do maintenance to them. Um, you see uh, your grandparents aging or you see your refrigerator aging, your, your car aging. What do you do? You go fix it. You replace it. The problem is intrinsically what occurs to humans is there's things that you don't see that's occurring. So I'll use the car example because I just kind of let off that, is you buy that brand new car, you take it home, and if you're a car guy like me, you take care of it. You wipe it down when it gets wet, you take it and make sure it gets a 10,000 mile maintenance, you make sure it has its oil checked, you make sure the tires are rotated, you make sure it's waxed, you make sure it's shiny, but at some point in time, Patrick, you know this as well, no matter if you got a Tesla, no matter if you got an old 57 you know, Chevy or if you have a, just a, a Volkswagen Jetta, you're going to be driving that thing around. And at some point in time, no matter what you did, no matter how much maintenance you did to it, there's going to be a light that pops up in that dashboard. And it's going to happen sooner if you weren't doing the regular maintenance. That's, that's correct. <laughs> and, and you weren't taking care of it. You're going to hear the squeaking and the, uh-oh, you know, something's going wrong. Right. Yeah. And those lights that pop up, it's going to say, hey, it's a check engine light. It's the oil light. It's the tire pressure light. You need gas. However, for us as humans, for those individuals that are in the aging process, those things don't pop up like that. Next thing you know, you're going to the eye doctor and you're reading off the chart and you say that Z looks like a two and that B looks like an eight. Well, there are no numbers up on those charts. Or you go to your hearing doctor and you're just not hearing the things correctly anymore. Or you go, for me, and this recently just happened to me, is I had to go get blood work and my lymphite numbers were high. So I had to come back the next month, give, give another blood test. My lymphite numbers were high again. I had to come back again. My lymphite numbers were high again. So if anybody's out there that has cancer, and, and I don't, thank, thankful, um, but those lymphite numbers can show that you have an infection. So I have some form of an infection, but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't go to the doctor. I wouldn't have right. known that because intrinsically things break down on us, and it's really important to try to stay in the best health and quality health that we can. Yeah, and the, the people who not getting those clear indicators that there are things that predictably are breaking down over time, it might just be, I'm not sleeping well. I feel cranky all the time. I, I have a vague pain in my leg, you know? It, and it's like, well, that's the check engine light for you, and you don't know exactly what is going wrong. No, and then it becomes hurtful. That's the other process of those five factors is that once you get to that intrinsic factor, it becomes hurtful. And when I say it becomes hurtful, you get the headaches, you get the back aches, um, you, you, you get the sweats, you don't know what's really going on with you. And then, you know, 
we've done a really good job of society augmenting that hurtful process. We see our grandparents aging. We see our children aging. We see our parents aging. We see our dogs aging. We see our cars aging. Um, and now you, you take a, you go get to the barber salon and what do they do, they move the mirror around so you can't see everything. You go to the, uh, you know, you go to Target and you try some clothing on and the mirrors make you look so great. And then phones have really done us an injustice because they augment everything now. So like if you're not smiling, they put a smile on you. If you look a little older, they make you look younger. So it's the fact that we are, are going to age and we should really embrace it, but we should embrace it with some form of maintenance. Well, and let's talk about sitting because I, I and there's some other issues. You said there were some other four other factors. We'll talk about those after a break. But talk about sitting because all of what you just said can kind of get accelerated by sitting and what that does to you. Yeah. So the number one factor um, besides those four factors is sitting and the effect it has on posture. So if you're sitting right now, if you have a, a grandson that's sitting playing video games, um, if you're an executive sitting, if you're an accountant sitting, if you're a producer sitting, um, we sit a lot. Yes. So at eight o'clock in the morning when you're sitting, everybody has really good posture. But by three o'clock, what happens to our body, it's really detrimental. Yeah. So if you're the, the you know, DoorDash driver, it's happening to you. If you're the truck driver, it's happening to you. What happens is what we start having forward flexion. And when I say forward flexion is our neck starts bending forward. And as our neck starts bending forward, what happens is our traps, which is part of our shoulders and our neck, it tries to lift the head back up and get it in proper position. But what happens, because it's trying to lift it up, the neck becomes weak and those traps become really tight. And then from there, the traps, it doesn't just affect the traps in the neck. What happens is the back then gets engaged. So now the back starts rolling forward and those back muscles get weak and the ligaments get stretched because they're trying to pull you back into place as well. And then what happens is that your spine becomes unflexible. Um, your lower back gets degenerative, gets arthritis. And then the other thing happens is as you're doing that forward flexion, Patrick, is those shoulders start rounding. And then what happens when they start rounding, it's called concave. They start concaving on top of your diaphragm. So the individual that's in that seated position, they start having circulation issues. They start having breathing issues. They start having difficulty with eating. They start having difficulty with just circulation to the brain and getting oxygen to the brain. Um, yeah, and I picture the the person in the uh, in the grocery store who's all hunched over, those rounded shoulders forward. They they can't reach the highest uh, level, the highest shelf to get something. But this is all really important stuff, and we're going to talk more with Jesse Swoyer after a break. This is the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. I am speaking today on the Later in Life Planning Show with Jesse Swoyer. His website is jessieswoyer.com. And Jesse is a personal trainer with uh, an impressive array of experience working with people who have disabilities, working with people in the military, working with school children, uh, busy executives. And we've been talking about all of these things that happen as you get older and how you, you need to like sort of see that check engine light on your car. Uh, but even better, do the maintenance before that light ever comes on because it's going to have all kinds of long-lasting benefits for you. And before the break, Jesse, we were talking about that 
you know, people retire, they become less active, they spend more time sitting. And frankly, you know, being an attorney that that I, I'm already like this, I spend a lot of time sitting either in a conference room with a client or in front of a computer. And that rounding that ha- forward that happens with the shoulders. And then you describe this whole process where those those sort of triangular muscles behind your neck the traps, they they start. Hopefully, I got that right anatomically. They they start to try to compensate or and and get tightened, and then there's effects on your back. Do you just see this when you meet with a client? I mean, can you see that this has already happened? Yeah, a lot of times if I go into like if a parent uh, a son calls me and I go into a parent's home, I'm working with a a parent um, just this morning, and I've been working with them for a few years. What I what I see is that I can see that thoracic kyphosis starting to occur more. I can tell that if I give that individual homework to do, that they should be doing some things that they're not following through, that they're sitting way too much because you can reverse some of those effects. Um, a lot of times when you do have those sitting effects, you're going to have some weak abdominals. You're going to have really tight hip flexors. Um, your glute muscles are not going to be strong. Your hamstrings are going to get arthritis and they're going to degenerate. And uh, a real good case study for that is the quads will start tightening up as well. And because they're going to try to put you in an anatomical correct position when you do stand. So quads being right on the front of your thighs. Yep, right above those knees. And then what happens is those individuals, you can tell if they have bad posture, they've been sitting too long, their knees go out. It's not a lot of times because they've been too active in their lives. They've been they've been playing sports. They've been playing golf. They've been playing pickleball. It's the fact they've probably been sitting way too much in their lives, and now their knees have taken the blunt force of trying to keep them up in an upright position. No kidding. Um, so it's not necessarily um, what most people think. It's from like activity. It's yeah. from lack of activity because then the other thing that starts occurring, and I know we briefly talked about this before the show, is that a lot of individuals will then get edema in their lower part of their extremities, right in their calves, because they're not moving enough. And then what I mean by edema is you get that swelling in uh, the calf, and when you press on it, like your skin just stays stuck in that position. It's called pitting edema, and your your legs get hot, and or they'll start oozing um, water, and they'll have water retention because you're just not moving the blood and oxygen in those lower extremities. And it happens a lot in the disability population because they don't have the ability to move the lower extremities. But for that aging population, that senior population out there that does have the ability to still move. I mean, you got to just get up and move. Yeah, and I was surprised to hear you describe when we spoke off the air about uh, the calf muscles being a second heart. That's correct. Yeah. yeah a lot of times it's termed the second heart because uh, when you think about your heart, it pumps the oxygen blood all to the, all the extremities. But as it gets lower down, the oxygen, it gets bluer because it's, it has less oxygen. So it gets deoxygenated. So the calves, if you just do some calf raises, if you just walk around, it helps push that blood and oxygen to the lower extremities, to the toes, to the calves, to the knees, you know, to the hamstrings. It really gets the blood flowing back to where it belongs. And this is literally something that somebody could be doing while watching TV, you know, uh, while listening to an audio book, while listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, hint, hint. You know, these these are things where we're not talking about getting under a heavy barbell necessarily. We're talking about something that that will have some movement to work that lower muscle in the back of your leg to avoid edema. I mean, what a yes. what, 
just that alone. So what you, you mentioned before in a previous segment of the show before the break, we talked about everything was, you know, cumulative, progressive, universal, intrinsic and hurtful. And then we got into talking about the effect of sitting on posture. There's some other issues that come up as people age. What are those factors that, that people need to be aware of? And then we're going to get into solutions. Yeah, there's other four factors um, that accelerate aging. And there's five factors are sarcopenia. And I know it's going to all sound foreign to you. Dynopenia, BMR, and then body composition. And a lot of times we already kind of know about body composition, but sarcopenia is age-related muscle loss. So I kind of want to break down age-related muscle loss so the viewers understand this age-related muscle loss. And the first time I heard about sarcopenia, uh, look, I'm in my 40s, and and I I fight the urge to stay comfortable in bed in the morning just because I don't want to lose muscle mass, which would be the difference between independence and dignity and needing a person on either side of me to use the bathroom. I mean, that's what I see at Keystone Elder Law. That's correct, and the viewers don't realize how quick sarcopenia hits each and every one of us. You're so right. there's something that occurs between the ages of five and 18. You gotta understand from these ages of five and 18, grade school, middle school, and high school, there's something that we did um, Monday through Friday for at least 45 minutes to 60 minutes a day. And what, what do you think that was, Patrick? Well, there was, ex- there was recess, there was PE class, for, you know, gym, right. Yeah, and then when you got older into high school, I mean, you, you played sports, you, right. you, you cheerleaded, you wrestled, you, you golfed, uh, you skateboarded, you rode bike. For those older individuals listening right now, you were paper deliveries. I know we don't got papers anymore. You did all that. Was that was my first job. But what <laughs> happens then at age of 18 is a lot of things start changing for us. Like we graduate. So those who've graduated, some of them go and get jobs. Some of them go and have families. Some go and join the military, still stay active. Some get athletic scholarships, stay active. Some just get academic scholarships. And then when you get in your 20s, those who got those jobs, they continue to find other employment. Those who had families continue to expand their families. Those who are in the military get out of the military. Those who had athletic scholarships realize they're not going to be no Shohei Atani and get $700 million. So they get out of athletics. And those who have academic scholarships, they continue to follow their academics and that dream position through education. Right. But what happens at 20, you didn't hear me say one thing. They don't do no more exercise. Right. No exercise from 20 to 30. And then what happens is that sarcopenia, that age-related muscle loss that Patrick and I are talking about, that drastically can go from anywhere from 3 to 8% per decade. Per de- starting in your 30s, I think. It's actually 20s. 20s. So, so it starts as early so as 20. So compound, accumulative, it's going to that muscle loss every decade if you're well past your 20s or 30s, that muscle loss has been underway unless you're doing something to counteract. Can it be counteracted? It can be counteracted with some form of uh, exercise, some form of strength training, some form of types of movement. Good. And that's what we're trying to really stress here on the show today is get moving because that does cumulatively add up. So if you take the high end of that, 20 to 30, 8%, 30 to 40, another 8%, we're at 16%, right. 40 to 50, another 8%, you're at 24%. Now the check engine light. And now you on. get at 60, you're at 32%. <laughs> and then when you get in the 60s, it actually goes beyond 10% okay. of sarcopenia. So sarcopenia actually uh, accelerates if you're not doing anything. In your 60s. Right. And this isn't, you know, I I mentioned, you know, being able to lift yourself up out of bed, out of a chair, the basics of getting around in your daily life. But it's probably balance because of all those little muscles that deal with with balance. It's it's all kinds of things that could contribute to other problems. You know, if you're falling and, 
you know. Yeah, and, and to go off the balance, that's where the dynapenia comes in. Okay. And the dynapenia is your strength-related loss. So, like, if you have muscle loss, then you're going to have strength-related loss, and that's right. that dynapenia. However, you thought 3 to 8% was bad. You get into your 20s. Once you start losing muscle, it then becomes 5 to 10% on that strength side. Right. So now you got 10% at the end of from 20 to 30, another percent, 10% at 30 to 40, another 10%. So you're looking at 40% when you hit 60, and then it accelerates even higher as well. And people write that off as, well, yeah, I'm getting older. I'm not, I'm not like I was in my 20s. But come on, this is things like twisting the lid off a jar or being able to carry your groceries into the house. I mean, this is just the basics of everyday living. And I think people need to see it in those surprising terms. Like it's, can you... At, can you live life on your own or do you need somebody around you? Yeah, sure. You're not as strong as you were in your 20s, but this is just the basics of everyday living. Oh, yeah. And the number one pre precursor with like your, your muscle loss and your strength is just the inability of getting do a sit to stand, getting out of a chair without having to use the handrails or without for, some form of assistance. Right. Um, so it does. It's really accelerating and it talk your balance your range of motion, being able to put a shirt on, being able to tie your shoes, um, kind of some of the pretty things you basic stuff. And this goes back to uh, what you said earlier: universal. This happens to everybody. It's just you know through your daily life, what are you doing to counteract it so that you can have greater independence in the later years of life? Uh, of course, you know, legally, financially, I'm coming at it from that perspective because some people won't follow this advice and. They will need a higher level of care. Sometimes it's something that can't be avoided, but but we're trying to give every tool to avoid that outcome. And I'll be back with Jesse Swoyer, jessieswoyer.com, uh, for more conversation about uh, personal physical fitness in a moment. This is the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now your host, Patrick Colley. I've been speaking today with Jesse Swoyer, who is a personal trainer with a vast array of experience on what happens as you get older and, and why paying attention to physical fitness and doing some, some exercise uh, pays such dividends. And Jesse, before the break, we were talking about that sarcopenia, the, the age-related muscle loss. Every decade, you're losing more and more unless you're doing something else uh, to counteract muscle loss, same with muscle strength. You also mentioned uh, BMR, body composition. Maybe say a word or two about how that's going to change universally to everybody as you get older. Yeah, so once you start losing muscle and strength, then your BMR changes with your basal metabolic rate. And I know there's a BMI out there. I like to focus more on the the, the BMR, the basal metabolic rate. And that's rate. just sitting around right now where you, the two of us have microphones in front of us. How much... How, how much energy does it take to keep our heart and our lungs and our brain working, right? I mean, that's that that's BMR or... Well, no, it's, a, it's actually a little different. So what happens is each of us, so females out there, males out there that are listening to this show, um, based on what type of is how many calories you burn at rest per pound of muscle that you have. Okay, right. So as you start losing muscle, you start burning less calories. So you got to think about it. When you were 18 and say the female that's listening out there and the male that's listening out there, you were both... 200 pounds, you weighed 200 pounds, and you had 100 pounds of muscle in you. Females and males, we both, even right now, you've been historically, you'll burn anywhere from 6 to 13 calories per pound of muscle. 
So if you each have 100 pounds of muscle out there, female and male, you're going to burn, and let's just take that middle number, that 10, you're going to burn 1,000 calories at rest just because you have just muscle. Just sitting there. Just yeah. sitting there doing nothing. Which However, then in turn has an effect on how much you can consume and maintain the same body. <laughs> that's, that's correct. So like when you're in 18, when you're in your early 20s, you can eat those four cheeseburgers. But what happens when you get to the 30s, and we just talked about how you're not doing any uh, strength training, you're losing body mass, you're losing strength. Now all of a sudden, say you only have 50 pounds of muscle on you and you're getting those 10 calories per pound of muscle. Now you're only burning 500 calories at rest and you're still eating those four cheeseburgers. You're stopping at Starbucks and getting a Starbucks and you're getting Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And it it just it's a it's going to it's not going to end well. No, the um, body composition will necessarily change cuz you're you don't have the muscle to just be burning calories while at rest. As so if we're just sitting here with microphones in front of us uh, depending on our, our muscle composition, I'm guessing yours is significantly better than mine, but uh, just sitting here, whatever muscle composition we have is going to affect the calories that get burned and then what can we can consume. If we're putting, if cal- consuming calories is like you're, you're filling your gas tank, except it doesn't just automatically stop when you fill your, it just spills over and now your car is going to get fatter. You know, if that's the way it worked, that, that might be a helpful way for some people to think about it. But the more muscle you have, you can put more into the tank and it's just going to get burned up. That's correct. And that's why I like to focus with my clientele or the individuals I work with is focus on their BMR. What is their BMR so that we can say, this is how many calories you can eat and get away with. And then when you start going over this, it's really going to impact you. Yeah. Um, instead of focused on the, the BMI, which the BMI tries to um, take your your height and your weight. Right, right. And do a comparison where, you know, you could have somebody that weighs 220 but in great physical health, but they're only 5'10". Right. Uh, and they're burning lots of calories. So it really comes to, like, how much are you exercising? How much muscle do you have? Because your body composition is going to change um, as we get into those later years of life. I have a great uh, uh, family physician, my, my primary care physician, and he's 6'2", 185, and works out a lot. He's always on me about working out more. And he tell and I I brought up BMI and he said don't worry about that it says I'm overweight I'm, I'm like, obese that's, that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah but let's get into the solutions we've been through all of this that happens as you get older the problems of muscle loss strength loss and the impact on your day to day life and believe me I see this at Keystone Elder Law with people who need an expensive higher level of care and we're strength you know we're just going all over the place looking for ways to uh, come up with ways to afford that and to protect assets you can save yourself and your family a whole lot of trouble if you engage in the solution sooner rather than later and and I assume anybody can start wherever they are that's correct and start turning it around but talk to me about the solution what are the exercises how you, what do people need to do yeah so in the in- 2021, the World Health Organization, they changed the requirements. They did some data. They had a lot of time sitting around, just like we all did in 2021. And they said that the exercise requirements at that point in time were 150 minutes a week. So they said either 275-minute vigorous exercise activities. And that's not a lot. Or 150 minutes a week of moderate activity. Okay. But what I want with the viewers, I want to understand like what moderate to intense versus vigorous is. Moderate to intense means you can talk. Um, but you can't sing. And okay. I don't think you want to hear Patrick and I sing. So right now, <laughs> this would be moderate or intense if we were doing some type of form of activity. Vigorous activity is much harder to sustain because it means you can take a few, um, you, can, you can talk a few words without, ha- and then you have to take a breath. Then you're out of breath, right. And you're out of breath, and you have to take a breath. So 
Although they recommend now what the World Health Organization recommends is they recommend 150 minutes of vigorous activity or 300 minutes of moderate to intense. And moderate to intense is So they going, doubled it they, pretty much. They, they basically doubled it. Wow. Yeah. So for sustainability, the 300 minutes is better. You're going back to that grade school, middle school, and high school where they're saying get 60 minutes per day, Monday through Friday. Right. And it's going to be longer lasting. And you're going to get better um, muscle mass out of that. You're going to get better long-term effects out of that. You're going to be able to sustain that type of program a little bit longer. But if those viewers out there, if you can handle two 75-minute vigorous activities, then I say go for it as well. Well, when you, Jesse Swoyer, personal trainer, go to meet somebody, you're probably going to figure out what are their unique needs, and that's the benefit of working with a professional. But you know, the listener at home is thinking, how do I fit in an hour a day? What, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, what are some, some ideas you have for these people? What should they be focusing on? Well, there's a lot of different things individuals can do at this point in time. I know um, Divinity Health. I know like Medicare and Medicaid. They offer a lot of different opportunities for individuals. From- I mean, Silver Sneakers is covered by when, – when an insurance program like Medicare or a private insurer covers something, it's because it saves them money down the road from long – it's everything we've been talking about. It's because down the road, it's going to save you from much more expensive health problems. Yeah, and if you have silver sneakers, that means you can probably go to a Gold's Gym, an LA Fitness, a a Y, a Planet Fitness, um, a Crunch. They're all going to be free to you to be able to access the types of equipment that are going to be in there. And if you still don't feel comfortable in those big box fitness settings, then you can take an individual class. Silver Sneakers offers virtual classes. You can take live classes where you can do like a boom muscle, which is about 30 minutes and you're doing cardiovascular exercise with some dumbbell routines. You can do classic classes where you're doing resistance bands, the same type of resistance bands you use at therapy and you're putting lightweight dumbbells in and it's all to music. You can do energy chi where you're working on balance and stability and breathing and movement and meditation. Um, You can do chair boxing. I mean, there's a lot of different things and you can even pick up pickleball now. You don't have to be that tennis stud or tennis girl. Um, you can just play pickleball. I mean, they've entered that into the realm as well for right. different things you can do. There are so many things. And some people might say, I mean, going for a walk, I mean, just finding these different ways to move muscle and and just the calf muscle, the second heart you mentioned earlier, any one of those would be moving, you know, if you're walking, if you're golfing, if you're playing pickleball, you know, you're going to avoid certain circulatory problems. And you know what? Some of the other benefits are you sleep better. You feel better. You're just those happy chemicals in your brain get moving. And what do you know? I'm just that's how a habit builds on itself because you just feel better having done it. Yeah. And one of the other main important things when you start exercising is, is that you make your prefrontal cortex more robust. And I know people are saying, what are my prefrontal cortex? It's the part front of your brain. So right where your forehead is that gets stronger. Just like you want your muscles to maintain mass and strength, you want that prefrontal cortex to maintain robust muscle and strength because that is your memory bank. And if you can make that stronger by doing neurological different connections, if you can do that by cross-coordinating different movements, then what will happen is you're going to have less likelihood of dementia, less likelihood of Alzheimer's, less likelihood of forgetting things, and then you're going to have greater chances of being independent. And people just don't connect the two. And that's that's exactly the message that uh, a doctor from Hershey Medical Center who specializes in dementia said on an earlier episode of this show. You... You might be working the triceps back of your arm, the biceps, the front of the arm, because it's going to help you 
lift your groceries, you don't know that in the same movement, you're also strengthening your brain and all of those neural connections the way you just said. People just don't see that. Correct. Yeah. Well, my conversation today has been with Jesse Swoyer. Please go to his website, Jesse Swoyer. That's J-E-S-S-E-S-W-O-Y-E-R.com. You'll see that uh, all of his experience, his credentials, he works with people from an array of backgrounds, and I truly believe this is life-changing stuff. It is your independence and dignity for the long run. It is your cognitive health, and everything Jesse has been describing, you know, that muscle loss, everything else, it's just this is the best way to bulletproof yourself against the ravages of aging. Jesse, thank you for being here and sharing your message. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So we'll be back with another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show next week. Please join me. And in the meantime, go to keystoneelderlaw.com, looking for other resources, including our free online workshops. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the show right here on News Radio, WHP 580.